Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Fantastic. Well, as John said, oh, that is the heaviest lectern in the world, isn't it? As, uh, as John said, my name is Luke. Um, I'm not from the Wirral, as you can probably tell by my non-Scouse accent. I'm originally from Devon. Um, so, whoop, go Devon. Yes. Are you from Devon? Okay, great. But you like it? I like it as well. If you like custard, it's fantastic. Um, I'm married to Fiona, and we have got three amazing children. I thought I'd show you a little photo. There's my tribe. We've got Ella, who is uh, six, Judah, who is four, and then little Zach, who is 18 months old. That photo was taken last summer. So yeah, we've got, uh, I'm very blessed, and uh, part of the incredible church at Life Church, which I know you've seen on screens and things like that. But really, really blessed to be here with you this morning. I'm really excited um, to bring the word. Um, I want to bring a word which is framed around this whole idea that we as the two churches are looking at this year this whole theme of of restore and um and and what i know is aaron's heart and and, and john and ruth's heart as well is that the whole theme of restore isn't just something that we look at at the beginning of the year and then kind of forget about but it's something that we continue to pray into continue to believe that god is a god of restoration and that god is going to continue to restore our lives restore hope church and also restore the people of living amen so I want to just really look at this this morning and look at the story of Joseph and how Joseph is the, has got a story of restoration and how I believe that we can look at this and I'm going to pull on a couple of elements on my own life of how I believe God wants to look at the, the whole idea of restoration for us. Now the story of Joseph is found in Genesis, Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. And what I find really, really interesting is Genesis being the first book of the Bible really sets the scene. We've got the story of creation. We've got the story of Noah. We've got these incredible stories of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, real heroes and pillars of the faith. But yet the story of Joseph, the author takes 13 chapters to look at. The whole story of creation is done in one chapter. Two, a little bit, if you look at us as, as human beings and the naming, etc. But yet, the author takes 13 chapters of one of the most epic books of the Bible to unpack the story of Joseph. And I believe it's because God is a God of restoration and he wants to speak to us through his word of his heart of restoring people back to him, of restoring families back together and ultimately restoring a nation back to the heart of God. So I want to just look through the story of Joseph this morning and kind of give us a few, um, a few kind of pointers to help us on this journey of restoration. My title this morning, I'm going to be using this. I want to take this back to the Wirral. This is way better than our whiteboard. Ours is half the size. So I'm a man, so I apologize. I can only do one, one thing at a time. So the title of my message this morning is Dreams, and I also hope I can spell, to Destiny, if you can read that, via Disaster. There's D-A-A. -A. Yeah, something like that. You get it. Anyway, <laughs> my mind literally went blank as I was writing it. The, the irony is it's a disaster, but I didn't mean it to be. Anyway, dreams to destiny via disaster. So let's pick up the story. We, we, we open up in, in Genesis 37. 
and we meet Joseph. Now, what I, lo- I, I like like reading into things in the Bible. I like studying. I like seeing what the original meaning is. I believe that every word in this book is God-breathed and can help us live our lives. So the word, the actual name Joseph, which I think is really interesting as we're looking on this whole idea of restoration, means that God will increase or God will do it again. Isn't that amazing that, that this whole story that we're looking at that takes 13 chapters is God, I believe, speaking into the very name of Joseph, that God wants to increase and that God wants to do again. I believe for you as Hope Church Live, and I believe that God wants to increase you. I believe that God wants to increase in numbers. I believe that God wants to increase in your influence, and I believe that God wants to do it again. I believe that what we've seen in the past, that God wants to move once again in this church and see his kingdom move. So here we go, the context we've we've already spoken about. So for me, the story of Joseph speaks of God's faithfulness and his commitment to his plan. His plan and his purpose for our lives. The story of Joseph shows us, and we're going to unpack it this morning, that no matter what gets thrown at us, that God can use it for his glory. It shows us that God is a God of restoration. The story of Joseph shows us that God is a God who has a plan. And also it shows us that God is a God who is always in control. Even if it doesn't look like it, that he is a God of restoration, a God with a plan, and a God who is always in control. So the whole story, the whole book, um, so the whole story of Joseph starts with this idea of a dream. And we start in in chapter 37, verse 1. Jacob lived in a land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And this is the account of Jacob's family. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending to the flocks of his brothers, the sons of Billah, the sons of Zephaiah, the father's wives, and he brought them, his father, a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he had been born to him in his old age and made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Verse 5, Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more and said to them, listen to this dream that I've had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field where suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And then they hated him all the more because of this dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told his brothers, listen, he said, in another dream I had this time, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father this as well, his brothers and his father rebuked him and said, what is the dream that you had? Will will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, there are some dreams that just don't need sharing. And actually, this dream was probably one of them. And I, as, as a young lad, once had one of those dreams. I was... Um, I used to love playing rugby. When I was in high school, I was uh, very privileged to be the captain of our team. And one night, I had a dream about my rugby coach, Mr. Ruff. And I had a dream that Mr. Ruff had asked me to be his best man at his wedding. Now, that's a weird dream for a 15-year-old boy to have about their teacher. What's even weirder is when that 15-year-old boy thinks it's a brilliant idea to go and tell his teacher... So the next day I go up to my teacher and I'm like, oh, sir, Mr. Ruff, I had a dream about you last night. Now that is just wrong on all sense. And from someone that now understands safeguarding, it's even more wrong. 
And uh, I intended, I went on and told my teacher that dream. And it was just weird. And for the rest of the day, the whole thing was weird. And there are some dreams that maybe God has given you and you have told people and they've laughed at you. They've, you they told, you've told people the dream that God has placed in your heart. Maybe it's a dream for your life. Maybe it's a dream for your family. Maybe it's a dream for this church and for the people of Liverman and Wider. And, and, and we pick up the story and Joseph is in this position. He's in this position where God has given him this dream. And the dream was far beyond anything he could ever imagine, was far beyond anything that he could even see. And actually was a dream that just seemed impossible, so impossible that it was laughed at by his family. His own family, who if there's anybody who should have believed him, it should have been his family. Now don't forget his fa- who his father was. His father, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the father who have seen the incredible stories of how God had moved and brought provision and had spoken in such an incredible way. But yet here's his father, a man who hears God so clearly, who is laughing at the dream that his son had. In this year of restoration, I believe that there are people who have got God dreams. People who have got God dreams for their lives, to what they want to see restored, what they want to see happen. I believe that John and Ruth have got dreams for this church and, and the team have got dreams to, to see an influence far bigger than you could ever imagine, impacting the people of this region. And sometimes what can happen is you start to get these dreams and then you dare to speak them out. And they may even get laughed at. They may even get told that they are, they are inc- they're just never, ever going to happen. As a young boy, I had a dream. It wasn't about Mr. Ruff. Um, It was about God daring to use me. A dream that maybe one day I could work full-time for church. A dream that maybe one day I could see tens, if not hundreds, of young people come into a relationship with Jesus. A dream that saw a life very, very different to the family that I had grown up in. See, my family was me and my mum. My dad left me at the age of one and I'd never, ever seen him since. And I had dreams desperate for siblings, desperate to be part of a loving family unit that loved God and loved each other. And I went around telling people these dreams and, well, how can that happen? You're just another statistic. You're just someone that's brought up in a fatherless home. How do you know what it is to be a loving father? And I don't know what dreams God has placed in your heart, but what I do know is God is a God of dreams. And God throughout the Bible speaks in dreams. And I believe today that God wants to speak to you once again. That God wants to stir something in your heart and in your soul that dares to believe for the impossible once again. And whether it's for you and yourself, for your job, for your family, for the church, or for the people who live, and I believe that God once again wants to give you dreams. I believe that God uses dreams to reveal to us his plans and his purpose for our lives. That God reveals in dreams his plans of restoration and what he wants to do. For Joseph, his dreams didn't make sense, but he had to trust God that God would bring them into fruition. And I believe for the people, for you guys, for Hope Church, it is time to dream again. It's time to dream again. It's time to dare to believe that the word that we read is not just for then, but it is for now. Dare to believe that God wants to move in an incredible way. And I believe 
that this year is a year of restoration. I believe that this is a year for you to move again and to dare to believe that God is going to do something incredible. Dare to believe big dreams. Dreams bigger than you could ever imagine before. And I believe that we need to seek God for them. Joel 2 verse 28 says this, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. It doesn't matter whether you are young, whether you are old, I believe whether you are male or whether you are female, that God wants to give you dreams and prophecies and visions for the future. To prophesy, to speak into your future. And I believe that when we have the Spirit of God living in us, that God will give us those dreams and those visions and uh, for us, for our family, and for our world. And what we need to do is we need to allow God in, to let him into our hearts once again, because it can be so easy for us to get hardened through the world, through different um, circumstances. Me and Simon went for a coffee on uh, went Thursday last week. And uh, we went to this new coffee shop that's opened around the corner from us. And I was chatting to this guy and I was, he was asking me where I'm from and what I do. And I said, oh, I'm from, from Life Church." And uh, immediately when I started to tell him that, he, he, he sat down. And this guy was running this coffee shop and he sat down with me. And he, he, he proceeded to tell me about how he was brought up as a Christian. And how he went to university and studied philosophy and religion. And, and through the discovery that he went on to do his, his, his degree, he kind of had lost God. And what he was, as he was talking to me, I could just really sense that he was a guy who had had dreams for his life. Who had had dreams to see God move. But what he had done is he had let the disasters of life distract him from the dreams that God had once placed in his heart. And if that's true for those who aren't Christian, then it's definitely going to be true for us. And I don't believe that we should let those disappointments steal us from the destiny that God has got for our lives. God has got a destiny on each one of you. And as a young boy, I grew up with this dream of working for church. We moved to the Wirral from from down in Surrey and I had a dream of working for Life Church, and, and we moved up and there was no promise but I had a dream deep in my heart that one day I could work for church and we moved our whole family up to the Wirral I didn't even know what the Wirral was I thought it sounded weird but I just say it was near Liverpool when everyone knew where it was and we moved up and there was this deep dream inside of us and the things about dreams is is they what they do I believe is they start to point you towards a destiny that God has got for you. See, Joseph's dream was pointing him towards this time in the future where actually his brothers would bow down and worship him and his family would come before him and be on their knees. And I believe that the dreams that God is placing in your heart, what they would do is they are pointing towards your destiny. And I believe that what happens is, is that God wants us to live in this place. He wants us to have these dreams that point us towards our destiny, that dare to believe that this is the place that God is going to do something absolutely incredible in our lives. But who knows that our lives are not Disney movies, yeah? And there's this amazing thing called the reality of the world that we live in that points us and takes us via disaster, or whatever that says. <laughs> and disaster always strikes who has never had a disaster in their life? Who has never had a moment of disappointment? Who has never had a setback? And what I'm learning, I don't know whether it's just old age, I turned 30 this year, 
and I, uh, I definitely feel that I've reached a new benchmark in my maturity. And I don't know whether it's just old age or whether it's just me being more in tune to what God is saying. But for so often, what I do is I've let my dreams speak to my destiny, but I've let my destiny be robbed because of the disasters that I face. And me and my wife, we moved our whole family to the Wirral and we got a job and we were working and at weekends with the church and this guy who was employed us, he worked for the, he, he was part of the church, sorry. So he used to give me one day off a week to, to give to church and it was the perfect scenario. It was, my boss was someone who went to church, who understood the value of it. He was able to give me one day a week. He paid me for five, but gave me one day a week to work for church. It was the absolute perfect situation. And what happened is, is my dream, my destiny was becoming, I could see it and it was happening. And then all of a sudden, he went bankrupt and decided to move to Jersey. And here we were, our whole family had moved there. And what I hadn't realised is not only had he moved, but he hadn't been paying any of his bills. So here I was left in debt because he couldn't afford to pay us and had completely gone away. And the destiny that I had about working full-time for church, the destiny that I had that I'd seen in a dream before had been completely and utterly stolen because of a disaster. And Joseph is in exactly the same scenario. Joseph has this incredible dream. And then he's got this disaster. His brothers, who are meant to love him, place him in a pit, a cistern, a disused toilet. And if that's not worse, if that's not bad enough, they then sell him into slavery into Egypt. And then when in slavery, he finally gets bought by this guy called Potiphar and everything starts to look up again and he can start to dream once again that maybe his destiny is coming. Maybe this is the point that's going to move into his future. But then what happens is, is that Potiphar's wife like, takes a little liking to Joseph and tries to have um, special cuddles with him, shall we say. And, uh, and in that moment, he decides to know, hold strong to the word of God in his life and actually another disaster strikes. And it says this in, in Genesis 39, verse 19. When his master heard the story that his wife had told him, if this is how your slave has treated me, he burned with anger. And Joseph's master took it upon him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. See, disappointments and setbacks will happen. That's the end. Thank you. God bless. But it's true. And I think sometimes what happens is, is as we go through life, we let our dreams become smaller and smaller because we don't want the disappointment to be as big as it once was. See, with a big dream comes the opportunity for a big setback. With a big dream comes the possibility of a big no. And what starts to happen is we start to, we start to shrink what God can do based on the amount that we are willing to be disappointed. And if I'm being honest, there's been times in my life where I've let the bigness of the dream get shrunk because I don't want to get hurt again. Because what happened is, yeah, I was blessed and I managed to get a new job and, and that was great and it wasn't any time for church but I was still there and we were still at church and we were still in the area and then that company went bankrupt and maybe it was just me working for them, I don't know, but it was another disaster. And it's in that place that you have to ask the question, 
Are you going to let the disaster distract you from the destiny? Are you going to let your disappointment steal the faith that you once had in the God who gave you that dream? Jesus speaks about this. He actually speaks about it a lot. And in Matthew 7, verse 24, he says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain comes down and and the streams rose, the winds blew and they beat against the house, but yet it did not fall because he had the foundation on the rock. See, Jesus never promises that when he is with you that bad things won't happen. He actually says that the rains are going to come, that the flood waters are going to rise, but yet he promises that he will be with you. And what I love about the story of Joseph, and I encourage you this afternoon to go, go home and read those 13 chapters. I haven't got time to unpack all of it now, but time after time we hear of how the Lord was with Joseph. See, he's in prison, and in verse 21 of Genesis 39 it says this, the Lord was with him. See, even in your disaster, God can still be with you. And that's what I love about God, is that not only is God a God of giving you dreams, not only is he a God that wants to bring you into your destiny, but even in the disaster, God is with you. And there's so many times in my Bible, and I, I, I like to, I've got, I'm old school, I've got a paper Bible, and I like to draw in it and write in it. And there's so many times I can flick through and show you time after time, where in the time of our disaster, in the time of our waiting, where God was speaking. And God spoke to me, remember the dream. Remember what I gave you. Remember, remember that promise that I gave you. Your destiny is not over yet. Your destiny is not found in your disaster. And that's what I love about God, but it all depends on where you are building your life. See, Jesus instructs us to build our life on the rock, on him, that when the disaster comes, we will not be swayed. There were so many opportunities for me and my family to move home, to go back to where our parents were, to go back to comfort, to go back to normality. But no, I dared to believe that the dream that God had given me was one that he was going to bring through to fruition. And there's been even times, even this year, where I've seen people very close to me, people in church, who have had a dream for God to do something incredible, but a disaster has come and they've decided just to give up. Let's not be a people who give up. Can I encourage you to be a church that pushes through, a church that holds on even when the disaster strikes, to dare to believe that God is going to bring you through into your destiny. Joseph was 17 when he was given his dream, but yet it was, he was 30 years old when he was promoted to the palace. For me, I had to wait nine years, eight years, nearly nine years, from a place of having a dream of being at full-time at Life Church to actually seeing come into fruition. But don't waste that disaster, because actually it's in that place that God stretches you, that God shapes you, that God can mould you to be the person that he wants you to be. See, it was in the pit, it was in the prison that Joseph got so close to his Lord that he heard his voice so that when he was promoted to the palace that actually he could move and do everything that God had in store for him. It was through Joseph's obedience that he got his restoration. 
It was his obedience to God to not waver to the left or the right that he saw the restoration that God had for him. God was with him. Your disasters, your disappointments, your setbacks do not mark the end of your dreams or the end of God's plans, but no, they give us an opportunity to develop our faith and to push on and to trust God. Can I just say this? I don't believe that God is surprised by where you are. I don't believe that you wake up in the morning in the situation that you're in. Now, I'm not saying it was necessarily God's plan for your life, but I don't believe that he is surprised where you are. I don't believe, God, what? You're, you're in Livam? Really? Why, why are you in Livam? Like, what? What, what, what? what? No, I believe that God is orchestrating Now, things may not happen, things may not be exactly what he wanted and disasters may come, but I do believe. Why? Because the word says it, Romans 8, 28, God causes all things to work to good for those who love God and live called according to his purposes. So I believe that God can use wherever you are, wherever you are, sorry. But the best thing is that destiny always comes. And God will always bring you to his destiny. How and why and when, we don't know. But God will bring you to his destiny. And what I love about Joseph is that he, went, he had his dream. He hit disaster. And in that point, he had the decision. Was he going to turn back or was he going to press on into his destiny? And for me, if I can be honest, there were so many times where I found myself at this point. What was I going to do? Was I going to go back and was I going to allow myself to shrink my dream and maybe go again? Or actually was I going to say, no, this disaster is not going to be the end of me. And actually I'm going to push forward into the destiny that God has got for me. And what I love is what the destiny means. The dictionary describes it as something that will happen. God's destiny in your life is something that is going to happen. Something that he is going to make happen. Something that he is going to do in your life. I believe that God can and will use anything to accomplish his will. Why? Because he's using me. (laughs) If he can use me, he can use anybody. And did you know, can I just share a moment of testimony with you? On Wednesday of last week was the day that I went full-time at Life Church. It was an incredible journey, and it was something that I've held on to. And I know that God has brought things. Now, there were parts of my seeming disaster I actually look back on now, and I believe that I wouldn't be the man that I am without those moments. I wouldn't be the leader that I am. I wouldn't be the husband that I am. I wouldn't have the skills and the knowledge that I have if it wasn't for this disaster. And what I've learned is if you can trust God in the disaster, that your destiny is going to be far greater than your dreams could have ever have been. So don't let your disaster steal your dream. Don't let your disaster shrink your destiny. Because I am stupid enough to believe what this book actually says. Yeah? In Ephesians 3.20, that God wants to do exceedingly more than you can ever ask dream, think, or imagine. And actually what I think it needs is I think it needs us to dream again, to be people that will open up our hearts once again. Okay, God, I've been hurt. I've let the disaster shrink my destiny. I've let my dreams shrink to the size that I'm willing to get hurt. But this morning, I'm willing to dream again. And what I love about God is that he wants to bring you into your destiny 
The story of Joseph is such a powerful story. And for me, it's about God honoring his faithfulness and about his unwavering commitment to restoration. No matter what happened, whatever got thrown at Joseph, it didn't matter because God was going to restore his family once again. He was, his plan was for restoration. Restoration of Joseph, restoration for the people of Israel, and ultimately for the restoration of that family. And that moment where Jacob and Joseph are reunited, it's a beautiful moment of restoration. And I don't know what you wrote down in your restoration cards at the beginning of the year. I don't know what you're holding on to. But can I encourage you to keep on praying into it, to keep on dreaming into it. For me, it was nine years. For Joseph, it was 13. And I pray you don't have to wait as long. But if you keep on praying into it, I believe that your destiny, your restoration is going to come. Your trust in God will always take you further than your doubt will. The trusting in God will always take you further than your doubt will. And I'll just in closing, what I love is a well-known passage that you'll know in Genesis 50. And when everything's kind of coming to this, this final moment. And Jacob has just passed away. And at this point, the brothers are now really worried. Did Joseph not kill us just because our dad was alive? What happens now? And there's this moment where Joseph is there and his brothers are gathered around him and they're having this dialogue about everything that has happened, the dreams, the disaster, the destiny that they're now in. And Joseph says this beautiful passage in Genesis 50, do not be afraid. Am I not in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish now what is being done, the saving of many lives. See, what human beings have done to us, where family members, where loved ones, where work friends, whatever it is, have hurt us, I believe that when we give it over to God, when we stand there, empty hands and pure heart, as it says in Psalms, that it's at that place that God can step in and can reignite our dreams, and can speak to us once again. I'd ask you just to close your eyes for a moment. I'm just going to ask just Simon to come up. You guys can stay where you are. A whistle-stop tour of 13 chapters. A God of a story of a God of restoration. A story of dreams bigger than we could ever imagine. A destiny to ultimately save and release and grow a nation but many disasters and setback along the way and ultimately what I love about God is that this is a story that is repeated throughout the Bible the ultimate dreams to destiny is the story of Jesus coming to earth the people of, of God the Jews had a dream that this would be their saviour a destiny that he would save them from the oppression that they were living under. But yet here we find the disaster of the cross. A day where no good could ever come from, a, a moment where people questioning, could God even be real? Nothing on the cross was seemingly good. But yet because of that disaster, me and you have this moment. We have the opportunity right now to, to let God speak to us.
the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. And ultimately, God, through the cross, has restored us back to Him through Jesus. The pain of disaster is never nice. When I look back at my life and I can recall evenings where I sat and cried about the dreams that I once had, believing and doubting if they would ever happen. And I don't know what disasters you've had and I I don't want to shy over them because I know that pain is real for people. The pain that people cause, the disappointments, can I put to you that there is purpose in the pain? Joseph may have never chosen the path that he walked, but when he looked back, he saw that God was there every step of the way. So I want to ask you a question, Hope Church. What dreams has God placed in you? What disasters are you maybe facing at the moment that God can turn around and use for his his purpose? And for his plans. I believe that God has placed destiny in each and every one of you. But it starts with a dream. Can I encourage you? Can I challenge you to dream again? dream again for what God can do in and through your life. To dream again that you can know him closer. To dream again for those loved ones who have gone away. To dream again for that financial provision. To dream again for the people of this community. Don't let your disaster steal your destiny with every eye closed and head bowed I want to I want to ask for a response I believe wholeheartedly that when we respond outwardly to what's happening inside it it almost seals it in our lives and that today can be a day that you can remember of the day that you were that you dared to believe again you dared to open up your heart to what God wanted to do And I just want to ask you, if you want to be like me, and I'm going to respond this morning, I want to dream again. I I don't want the the setbacks that even I've faced over the last few weeks to steal the destiny that God has got for my life. So I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I'll ask you just to lift up your hand. It's not for me, but it's as a response to God saying, God, this morning I'm going to dream again. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to hand over the disasters that I've been facing. I'm going to give you my dreams and believe that you can speak to me once again. So that's you on the count of three. Would you just raise your hands and I'm going to pray with you. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for every hand that is raised. Lord, for every person, every family, every friend that that represents, Lord. And right now, Lord, we choose to give you our dreams. Lord, we give you our hearts, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to open up our hearts to you once again. Lord, to dare to believe, Lord, that anything is possible. To dare to believe, Lord, that you want to use our lives for your glory. So, Jesus, Lord, we give you our lives again. Lord, we give you all of the dreams. 
Lord, all of the disasters that we're facing, Lord, we give them to you. Lord, the hurts, the pains, the disappointments, the setback, Lord, we place them in your hands. And we pray, Lord, we petition, we ask, Lord, that you would bring us to our destiny. I pray, Lord, for this church, Lord, that you would give it dreams once again. Lord, dreams, Lord, to reach the people of Livam and the surrounding areas, Lord. Dreams, Lord, to see men and women and boys and girls are one into your kingdom. Lord, free, Lord, by the grace of Jesus. So we pray, Lord, would you move us into our destiny. Lord, would you call us forward, Lord, into everything that you have got for us, Lord. Help us to push through those disasters, those setbacks, Lord, those disappointments, and to hold on to the dreams that you have placed in our lives. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, today, once again, help us to dream. Help us to dream. Help us to believe, Lord, in you. Lord, a God who is far bigger than we could ever dream or imagine, Lord, a God whose ways go far above our ways. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to dream again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just want to encourage you one last thing. Before you go to sleep tonight, and I'm going to do this as well, I want you to dream. Before you're physically asleep and dreaming, because who knows what could happen there. Mr. Ruff could come into your dream again. But, <laughs> but I, I challenge you to dream, but to write it down. Because something happens when you put pen to paper or when you put finger to screen, however you want to do it. Something happens and there's, there's almost a moment, and if I'm being honest, I'm going to be really transparent. I've been, I'm sitting on a dream at the moment and I haven't written it down. Because it becomes real when you write it down and there's a commitment to it when you write it down that you have to, you revisit it and it either becomes your destiny or it becomes something that was lost in disaster. And I've been revisiting a few of dreams recently and uh, some things we've got there and it's great. And other things we haven't. But just because you haven't got there doesn't mean that you won't. So can I challenge you to write it down? Maybe share it with a loved one or a friend or in connect group this week, life group, sorry, whatever you call them. Um, But share it and say, this is what I'm dreaming for. And let's be a community that prays for each other that prays for those dreams. And when that disaster strikes, we can stand there and say, hey, stand firm. Remember that dream. Remember that dream. Because I I promise you, when you look back, and, and, and we run a youth ministry at church, and I look back on a dream that I had for that youth ministry on the 2nd of December, 2009, and I can look back at it and I can remember it, and I go back to that moment and when tough times come and things come I'm like yeah but God you gave me this dream and I'm believing that it's going to come forward so let's be people that will dream share those dreams pray into those dreams and I dare you to go bigger than you could ever hope or imagine and one last testimony and then I'm done sorry time's going we started a new after school drop-in at, at Life Church this year and at the beginning of February I wrote a dream down for it and I wanted to see 500 kids by the end of the calendar year And if I'm being completely honest, as unchristian as this sounds, I wrote it down, but I did not believe it. I did not believe that that was going to happen. I did not believe that we would be able to have that impact from something that we were just starting up. We're 12 weeks in, and we've had 1,800 visits by over 325 different kids. So in, in a third of the time that I dreamed it would happen, we are well over halfway. 
And I'm not saying that for me, it's nothing about me, it's all about him. But when you write it down, it allows you to revisit it and you're like, God, you're really doing something. Because in the mundaneness of day to day, we can forget the bigness of who he is, the greatness and the power that he has. So I encourage you, go home tonight, write down those dreams and dare to believe that God's going to move. Will you stand? We're going to pray. Father God, you're an incredible God. And God, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us this week. Lord, I pray, Lord, that today, Lord, that you are going to birth dreams in this house. Lord, birth dreams in people's lives, Lord, that they're going to see incredible things happen. Lord, we speak destiny over Hope Church. Lord, we speak an incredible destiny, Lord, over what you're going to do in the people of this church, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak in an incredible way, Lord, that faith would rise. And Lord, that we would believe, Lord, that you are going to move in an incredible way. God, thank you that you have spoken today. Thank you for the move of your presence. And we pray, Lord, that you would be with us today. Be with us, Lord, and all the kids, Lord, next door, Lord. Thank you for them, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they would dream dreams. Dreams, dreams for the future of this church. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. Isn't God good? Yeah. Come on, let's give God a clap of praise. Let's thank him.